0: Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little Liquid Courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today, I sit down with Coco Galore and enjoy some delicious apothic red wine. Coco is such an impactful staple of the Toronto comedy and storytelling scene, and I feel so lucky to have sat down with her in this episode. She is one half of the infamous comedy duo Coco & Daphne, alongside Daphne Joseph, and the producer behind Black & Funny Toronto, a comedy showcase of Black comics and performers making audiences laugh on stages across Toronto. In addition to performing, Coco works meticulously behind the scenes to support the Toronto comedy scene as the newly appointed artistic and managing director of the award-winning Bad Dog Theatre Company, one of Toronto's main sources of comedy classes and live comedy entertainment. Since the pandemic, Bad Dog Bad Dog Theater has created Bad Dog TV, a YouTube channel where you can watch loads of awesome live shows five days a week. It's no secret that this pandemic has been hard on businesses and theaters, especially indie theaters. So our beloved not-for-profit charitable Bad Dog Theater could really use our support right now. So head over to Bad Dog TV, subscribe, and if you're enjoying what you're watching, which um, you will, make sure to donate as well. So Coco is an actor, an improviser, a curator and director, the current Artistic and Managing Director of Bad Dog Theater, and a woman I admire immensely. Hi, Coco. Thank you so much for being here today with me. On Hi. The- <laughs> you know what's so cute? So uh, you chose Apothic Red Wine to drink, and I was reading yes. the label, and on the back it says, it's perfect for a night with friends.
1: Yeah, I love this wine. You know, when I discovered it, it mm. was like, I don't really, I'm not like one of those, you know, I'm not like Fraser and Niles kind of thing. Uh, but what happened was I went to Baton Rouge, this was years ago,
2: mm-hmm. with
1: my best friend, and we were just feeling fancy. So we were like, oh, we'd like some wine. And then they were like, oh, what about this one? And we have not stopped drinking it since.
0: wow good on that server who who yeah this was like maybe 10 years ago (laughs) I actually haven't tried it yet because I was like I'm gonna wait till I'm on with Coco to try it and also it took me I have to show it took me embarrassingly long to open this okay mind you like I'm a server I've been serving for like two years it looks like my dog ate the top of it
1: Okay, I have no comment.
0: Okay, Coco, I used two different wine bottle openers. Like I couldn't I you I went on YouTube. I went on YouTube again and I was like, how do you use a corkscrew? And then when I opened it finally, out loud, I live alone. Out loud, I was like, you fucking did it. And I was so <laughs> proud. That's so funny. Yeah. I actually this
1: is how obsessed I am. I mm. have the glasses.
2: I love that. I have two glasses
1: because at one point they would they sold one glass per Psst listen, I took that so fast. I was like, I will have two. Thank you very much. If I was feeling really generous, I would have bought some for my best friend, but I only bought it for myself.
2: You're like,
0: it's fine. Well, that's fine. Listen. And then, you know, what'd be cute is if she bought one for you and you bought one for her, I'm also assuming yeah. that it's a she, I shouldn't, but if they bought one for you, it is. If she bought one for you and you bought one for her and you were both like, Oh, I guess I'll buy one for her. And then <laughs> you showed up, You're like, just feel so seen.
1: No, she has kids and stuff. So she doesn't like, she lives a very different life than me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where
1: you were going with that. I was
0: gonna be like, yeah. so she, I'm like, mm, what's this dot, dot dot? Yeah,
1: she lives a very different life than me. <laughs> She's a school teacher, she has kids. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> like, she can buy her own glass. Like, you yeah, know, she can. Yeah, that's fine. Oh. Yeah. Well, cheers, Coco. Thank you for introducing your nails.
1: I'm cheers. so excited. Oh,
0: I love your nails.
1: Oh, good it was the good manicured one. The other one's chipped.
0: So <laughs> well you you intuitively know. This is actually so good. And it's like it's um I was gonna say it's thick. I'm not it I'm is kinda also... think,
1: but it's like um I don't know, it's like a nice full like, bodied fruity. Yes.
0: It's full not dry. Bodied. It doesn't no. make you feel
2: like ah,
0: no, I'm not like, oh mm, my God, give me some ice cream. Oh, yeah. no, it's wonderful. Thick in a good way. Full body. Yeah. I think that's what like a sommelier would say, uh, would yeah. translate what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, Coco, I am so thrilled to have you here today. I <laughs> have been so... I- okay, I have, have and continue to admire you for so long, Coco, and I'm oh. so afraid of you. Can I tell <laughs> you? I'm serious. Like, I... Yeah. I have wanted the to side
2: ask
0: eye. you. <laughs> the side
1: eye. I have a very famous side eye. It's comparable to Beyonce's. I think mine might be worse. Mine is like Viola Davis level. That's why I always use that gif where she takes her purse and leaves. Uh, yeah, I'm, like,
0: exactly. yes. <laughs> I'm like, that's just me. That's just um, me. Uh, well, if anyone's watching, they should play a drinking game where every time they notice your side eye, they have to drink.
1: Oh my God, they would be drunk within the first five minutes because I don't even know that I do it. And I do it when I'm just paying attention. And I noticed it more when I started doing online shows and Mm. people would screenshot. And I was like, I was having a good time. I
2: was like, oh no. Okay, so now (laughs) does it ever like,
0: (laughs) does it ever take away from, like now are you ever doing a show and you're aware of it so then it takes you out of the moment because you want to look like you're engaged? Like- uh, but that is my engaging face that's the funny part
1: <laughs> so you'd be faking it if you like didn't look side yeah up. so I just I just do it you yeah. know everybody who knows me and like works with me knows how I am they know I mean well like and they don't
0: take it personally <laughs> no no and hopefully. that's the thing too like well you're like well, fingers crossed I think I like once you learn what once you learn that about somebody, then yeah, you don't, you're like, oh no, no, they're just being them. What are you talking yeah. about? It's fine. yeah Daphne is often
1: like, <laughs> Daphne, <laughs> Daphne is often the person who has to like, uh, I don't know what they're called, but people who have to like, almost like pardon me all the time on my behalf in front of other people, because <laughs> we'll go to festivals and people will be like, is Coco having a good time? Like really worried? Oh look, the cops are coming for me.
0: Your side. not
1: even. A, just. I was just like, sorry, uh, but yeah. And at festivals, people will go up to Daphne and be like, "Is Coco having a good time?" And Daphne will look over at me, and I'll be side eyeing, God knows what. And then she's like, "Yeah, she's having a great time." It's
0: like, look at her. She's so engaged. Are you? I've never yeah. seen her side being like- harder than that. Yeah, she's like, oh, she's having a great time. Don't worry about it. She's like, you're PR. She's like, you're yeah. press. Like, she's like, all yeah. right, public relations. Like, nope, she's having a great time. Move it on. Yeah. Coco, throw in a smile. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> so
2: totally. Totally. So funny.
0: I never noticed your side eye until you, con- cause I've seen you like comment on it, like, cause people have asked you about it. Um, yeah. But I think, you know what? I, I feel like you just command a space in like a really wonderful way with so much integrity. And I'm realizing that I am so intimidated by that because I want to to be like, I'm going to take up space here. Uh, And you're like, I already am. And I'm like, fuck, how do I take up space here? Like, I'm just... Chasing, trying to figure it out. And you're like, that's old news. We're moving on to other things now. Like That's so- actually
1: exactly how I think. I'm like, this is old. We're already onto yeah. this. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes, yes. And so like I will, there was one time where we were at Bad Dog and it was the first time where I found myself in like a conversation with you and there were some other people there. Longer than maybe three minutes. And I okay. inside, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Don't fuck this up. Like, don't fuck it up. Just oh my God. Keep, honestly, and it's what it is, it's a little bit crazy in my head. And then I remember we walked outside Bad Dog and we were all going to leave. And you said to me, you're like, hey, can I, like, and I'm paraphrasing, but like, hey, can I ask you something I've always wondered? Like, do you straighten your hair? Because your hair is so straight. Like, there's no way that's natural. And immediately I was like, oh my God, she's going to think I'm lying. And also, oh my God, she's thought about me? Like, <laughs> I was so weirdly flattered. Like, oh my God, she's wondered about my hair. And then I was like, she's yeah. going to think I'm lying, even if I tell her I don't straighten it. But I was like, this is our moment.
1: Yeah, your hair is so straight. I remember straight, this straight. conversation. Because uh, we had we had a friend in common, Emma Carter. I did yes. conservatory with Emma Carter. Yes. And I remember two of you were working together on something. So that's kind of how I knew you or knew of you yeah mm-hmm. and and every time someone's like amanda i'm like amanda p but then there's another amanda p <laughs> so yeah. I was like no not oh, that
0: yeah. one <laughs> the other amanda p and i have gotten uh very often we've messaged or not very often but a handful of times we've messaged each other and been like hey i think someone messaged me for you or like hey you're gonna get this message from somebody because you messaged me <laughs> like funny. yeah that's Actually, very funny
1: you look so- nothing alike by the way
0: no and are we thinking like amanda like what you do with your car in a garage. What? Who's that? I don't know why I'm. Oh, not saying you mean Amanda name. Parker? Yeah. Why am Amanda I not Parker, saying yeah. her name? Why yeah. am I not just saying Amanda? Parker? I don't
1: know. Amanda Parker. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda Parker. I was like,
0: Amanda <laughs> Parker. <laughs> for some reason, I'm like, oh, did she give me permission to say her name? And I'm almost like, we're saying nothing about her except for her no, name. No, so, we're not. Like, except no, that her name is Amanda all.
2: Parker. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: Exactly. um Yes, I think I I was trying to think back to like when did I first know of Coco, and I think it was. Uh, because you were in conservatory with Emma Carter. Like, I think that's when, mm. but I think I met her afterwards. But I just, I looked at her poster and I talked to her about all her shows. And then I just started probably seeing you and Daphne perform as well, your comedy partner. Um, yes. Oh, comedy I partner, comedy wife. Um, so, okay. So, first, I want to know how did you find your way getting into improv and professional storytelling?
1: oh my god (laughs) so this is funny I got into improv by accident and I genuinely became a comedian by accident so (laughs) it doesn't mean that I didn't study or love comedy right but I think when people think people who move into comedy spaces with intent they for sure studied way harder than I did (laughs) Like those people can tell you what SNL episode has which head writer. I'm like, right,
0: yes. <laughs>
1: um, I think for me it was like I was actually doing an acting class,
2: hmm.
1: and uh, and the teacher was just like, I think, I think you should go into comedy. I think you should take improv. Like, and I was like, oh, okay. So then the first two classes of improv that I took, I took it to kind of like fulfill an acting resume line. <laughs>
0: yes. Same Coco. Right? Yes. We'll do that. I was like, this is half the price. I'm doing this.
1: Yeah. And then and it was half the work, let's be really honest. <laughs> uh, and then I left, went to focus on something else. And then I was like, I think I want to go back in there. And and then I just never left.
0: Mm, I love I that. I just never left.
1: I think the, the huge difference was like the community. Mm. So the first time I did it, there wasn't really a community. There were like a couple of people that I was friends with, but they were mean girls. <laughs> Perfect. And then... Um, like, this is no lie. I legit got mean girl, like one girl lied. And like, it was a huge thing. I was a lot younger and I was like, but I didn't, I, I, I was actually shocked that people that age, like in their late twenties could still behave like that. But like in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like it yeah. felt like I was 14 again. And so I was just kind of like, whatever. So then I left, came back. Like, I also wanted them to cycle out, mm. uh, came back <laughs> so smart. and it was, Yeah, and it was way more of a community-based thing, meaning, like, Mm -hmm. there were shows, because the first time I did improv, there were no shows after, and then now there were shows. It's, like, it hit nine o'clock, and there were shows, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of, like, and it was really, like, Natasha Boomer, when I got to know her, she's like, come hang out with all of us at, you know, the Charlotte Room. I was like, what? (laughs) I felt like, um... felt like a kid again (laughs) oh yeah because you got to like basically play with your friends and then extend after school except you're grown-ups and you're after school involved alcohol
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah, the juice was way different and you get to like you get to you you what I love too like you're meeting new people all the time whereas yeah you, you know you get that message when you when you Quote unquote, grow up and like get older. Like, okay, well, I guess I'm just gonna sit with the same people in an office every day. And I'm not gonna meet anyone new.
1: Yeah, but this is not how it is. Like, you're constantly no. meeting new friends. You travel, you meet new friends. And I also think that it just made me a better adult in general. Mm. I was very, I, I was, I am very type A. Mm. I don't think I even realize how type A I am. <laughs> and then, uh, and That's it was such like, a type A thing to say, Coco. I know. And it was, and it was like really, feeding into my anxiety mm. uh and I would say that like this really helped freed me fr- freed me from it and then yeah so that's how I started I started taking classes whatever and then no, whatever I started taking classes and then <laughs> and then I I started like um dabbing into fringe mm. and then I was like oh I can do this thing and then that's when I did like my solo show
2: mm-hmm.
1: which was the scariest thing because it was it was like I was pretty new to just being on stage all the time like as a performer Mm -hmm. because there's one thing when you're training and you're always enveloped by people and you're not quite a professional you're just like I'm taking classes I'm performing on you know like there's really no stakes although (laughs) there's no stakes but you think all of those stakes are like the biggest stakes do you think like your 10 minute bi-weekly set with your you know, class number two is like the biggest thing. You're like sweating buckets (laughs) before you get And then now you're like,
0: okay, yeah, I have a 10 minute show. Okay. I'm going to go do it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And a 10 minute show where like, if you're in a big troop, like in a class in level B or something, you're going on, it's a 10 minute set. You might be on stage for three minutes in total. And you're like, this is going to determine if like determine if anyone ever wants to cast me ever in my life. Yeah. So
1: untrue. So
0: untrue. It's just like... But you have to get through it and get to
1: the other side Mm -hmm. before you understand that. Because Mm -hmm. now I see, like as a facilitator, I see people coming up doing the same thing. And I very much am always like... Who cares? And they're yeah. like, of course you think who cares? You're in this position. And I was just like, okay, well, you know.
0: You can't communicate it. You just can't. Like there's no, no. there's no way. You have to let people live through their
1: own yeah. anxieties. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so I I so then I started dabbing into fringe and then like just watching and stuff like that. And then I did my solo show. And then that's when I became like a like a storyteller.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, and then that's how I kind of moved into stand up. Yeah, like so that's that's my comedy journey.
0: I love that you said by accident, but I'm like, you were referred. Like literally somebody who I was referred. Peaches <laughs> performing was like, hmm, I think you've got something, kid. Like, I think you should go. Well, that is actually exactly what it was. Yeah. I remember
1: years later I came back and I was like, hey, when I started looking for an agent. Mm-hmm. So because I'm type A, and I always recommend people don't do this, but mm-hmm. I did this and I would never do that again is because I'm type A, I was like, I'm going to wait till I have all of these things before I look Mm. for this thing, right? Um, Yeah. It's like that, like, I'm not going to do this until I lose 10 pounds kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and then I just remember years later, you know, going back to that teacher and being like, so can I send you my resume? Can you look at it? I'm looking for an agent. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, uh, your resume is stacked. What are you doing?
0: Uh, Yeah. Oh my God. I'm resonating so much with this. I do the same. I'm like, hold on a second. I can't start a podcast until I know everything about ever. Like so untrue. And while you're waiting, while you're getting ready, everybody else is already fucking doing it. Like,
1: Already and, getting- that, and that's one thing that like improv has taught me mm. and I would say I improvise that way up until a certain point mm. I improvise where everything had to be and then one teacher said to me and this is when I started feature players so imagine how far along I was this teacher said you have to just let go and trust that other people will catch you and I was like what yeah. Listen to me. I make sure there are hammocks and and <laughs> stretchers and trampolines before yeah, I fall back like that. Yes. And he was like, "Just let go, like stop." Like I, I was really kind of like the mother of scenes. Mm. I would make sure everything was there for everybody else and never served myself. So I probably still do that, but mm. it was it was just a very eye opening. Like I, I always think people's improv styles are so closely related to their. Like core character.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. And sometimes I improvise with people and then I'm like, I don't feel safe getting to know you as a person. (laughs) I get scared. Like, yeah. I don't want to walk home. You're like, I don't like you. Yeah. No, I'm like, I I don't like how you just treated me on stage. (laughs) Or yeah, or I actually also find that if I'm not feeling great, if I'm going through a weird time with like personal issues or whatever in my life, I don't enjoy improvising as much. I just don't feel like I'm in a space where I I can do that.
1: Yeah. I would say that's how I was before. Mm. And then now I'm just like, whatever. Now whatever. <laughs> there are days that I'm just like, I can't turn it on today. Yeah. To me, it's more about like, turn, turning, like turning it on in the sense that like now I'm on stage, yes. now I'm just me. Yeah. Now I'm on
2: stage, now I'm just me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: because it's still a performance. I mean, even it if it is- still it a is, performance. You no, know, very much. Like it's a performative art, whether it's like premeditated or not, it doesn't matter. Yes. So, yes. So of course, it's still going to be like, okay, do I have the energy right now like to go perform? hundred percent. And, and that's the thing. It's like, it's that di- oh,
1: there's just so many things you learn, learn along the way. Mm. And because I'm like, I look at someone who's been doing it longer from the time they were younger, who's like almost the same age as me. And they're mm. so great. And I'm like, do I wish I had done it younger? And then I'm like, no, actually, no. I kind of like the time that I came into it. Like mm. I was more into like, sure about myself there's some yeah I was just like no regrets Mm -hmm. no regrets I like because I don't I wouldn't have erased it with something else you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like I like all the different parts that I've lived because it leads me to here Mm -hmm. so I don't think I would be like should I have started it younger like of course I did it when I was a kid but it's like that's so different right Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. that's so different I think it's beautiful to look at it that all the things you did are the the way that like the path led to here because it's so easy. It's so easy to see other people doing different things and then think in your head like, oh, I should have started earlier. I should have done this opportunity. I should have said no to this because maybe I could have done that. There's no handbook. Like there's so many different ways to do there is, anything.
1: There is none. Yeah, no. there is none. The no. only thing is that when I see people who've done it from the time they were younger, mm-hmm. I feel like there's always less stake for them and they just Mm. like jump like they just take more chances take more risk Mm -hmm. but I've actually come to realize that's not fucking true so (laughs) like it's it's always like it looks one way for somebody else because you think that's what you would have done had you been like but it's actually not true
0: no, 100%. And they're probably yeah. chasing some of their insecurities or trying to compensate for some of their things in their head that we don't even know about.
1: Exactly. And I know so many young people, like young people who improvise, who take it so seriously. And like, yeah. can you calm down? This is really, like, we're not, you know, solving world peace, world yes. hunger. There's like, we're not doing universal universal healthcare. Like, yeah.
0: it's yeah. okay. <laughs> it's okay if you miss one show it's okay yeah. oh yeah see that was i took it all so serious i'm also i'm very a type i'm also very like how i how people experience me in every moment is then gonna form my reputation in their minds like for a moment <laughs> oh i miss a show i'm not a reliable person so i go right that person but you can't sometimes for improv i had to remind myself like i'm not getting paid on, I'm paying to be here. Like I better yeah. have fun. I paid the subway to get here. I took the night off work. Why am I worrying about being good for other people? I better have a fucking great time. Cause I'm yeah. paid to be here. Like, yeah. And you're, and you're never going to make a million bucks. So
1: the, the most you can do is like the least you can do actually mm. is have fun.
0: Yeah. Have a good ass time. Have a good freaking time. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you think, um, If you're saying like someone's improv style is indicative or like very uh, similar to who they are as a person, how would you hope somebody would describe your improv style?
1: (laughs) I mean, from what I've heard other people say, Mm -hmm. it's always that they feel supported and taken care of. Mm -hmm. And that's just who I am, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, and and I know with Daphne – specifically we also have that like nobody exists but us on stage kind of attitude when we play and i always feel like when i play with daphne it's like when you play at your friend's house and you just never want it to end
2: like, five more minutes five
0: more minutes <laughs> the lights go down you're like no 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 please just five like, more we're minutes. we're not done yeah <laughs> I, we don't care
1: about you guys we're having fun yeah yeah
0: and oh. and and it's like
1: there are days where like it's a bit more work and we recognize that we're like, oh God, why were we working so hard? But most time we're just trying to have a good ass time for us.
0: <laughs> that has to be the key though, because seriously, yeah. when, you, when you think about watching people on stage or in anything, the most fun is watching people have fun. Like, that's why I love watching bloopers because people are having yeah. such a good time yeah. that then it makes you feel great. That it's not fun to watch someone be stressed.
1: Because a lot of the times <laughs> like, we're really like, we're really like, oh yeah, you guys are here. <laughs> shit like you turn oh hey we're like oh yeah and then sometimes we walk off stage and and the first question 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 the first question (laughs) we ask each other is did you Mm. have fun that's all we that's the first question did you have fun yeah did you yeah but I was in my head yeah I could tell okay and then we just like move on
0: oh I love that that sometimes after shows if um people want to do too many notes or like want to critique the the performance and the set too much. I'm like, oh, this is sucking everything out. Like, let's be constructive a 100%. Let's not let like destructive patterns keep happening. But right after a set, it's like, to me, that's not the time. Go like,
2: oh, pat yeah, each we other don't. The that's
1: not, we don't do that because that's not our job. That's why we have a coach. <laughs> yes. Now we don't really have a coach, mm-hmm. but we still consider Matt Foley at our coach, even mm-hmm. though he hasn't coached us in like two years. <laughs> but it's like, that's why we had a coach. Mm-hmm. That's why we, you need an external perspective because it corrodes the group to give mm-hmm. each other notes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It just,
1: it's just not good for, it's just not good for the group.
0: Like even the camaraderie of the group or feeling like it's you're. It's just not good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Always have an outside eye giving you notes, mm-hmm. a person to kind of mediate. And it's like, because especially when you're coming up, I find a lot of people like to play the blame game yeah. Like, if, if you had not made that choice then I wouldn't have been like well who, why did you turn right instead of turning left oh my god like yeah. that's not that's not how it works no. like I remember somebody I remember one time I was in a class and I was like workshop and I was like I feel like I can't convey this like and I was basically trying to blame the other person for not understanding mm. and then the person was like like the instructor was like It's your job to make them understand. I was like.
0: Note taken. (laughs) I was like. (laughs) You just pulled out your apothec glass. Yeah. During the workshop. We're like, okay, just a sip of your wine. All right, take that.
1: But it's like, sometimes notes are so harsh, but Mm -hmm. I always like, I just remember when I was in this one class years ago, I hated the teacher so much. Mm. He was so rude. And, but somebody else said to me, somebody like out like in my like non improv life was just like, are you there to like them, or like mm. learn? And so, after every class, I was like, what did I learn today? And because of that person, I always do object work. It's because really? of him that I always do object work. Because I was like, what am I learning? Like, because he would he would you would stand there and start talking, and he'd be like, can you do something? And you're like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh my god, I'm knitting. Sorry, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah. So because of that, I always do. I'm always doing. Listen, even if it's just making a cup of coffee. Yeah. I'm always doing <laughs> object work, and I always know to leave the silence and to go like go back to my object work.
0: Mm. He taught me that. And if you, and maybe if you wouldn't have said to yourself, like, okay, wait, what did I learn today? I might not like him, but what did I learn? Then maybe you wouldn't have been able to absorb that. I think that's really no. helpful actually. Cause there's because lots I've, of people. I probably like, would
1: have resented him. Yeah. <laughs> like the yeah. whole time. And I'm dismissed him. Like, I and
0: like this person. I don't like this person. hate all his notes. Person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah.
1: so as a result, when I teach and because I can tell if someone doesn't like my notes, mm. I'm like, I, I always end my classes on. What did you take away from today? And I make everybody say something. Because I'm like, even if you don't like me, even if you didn't like mm-hmm. the notes, what did you take away from today?
2: Mm.
1: Yeah. So I I actually redispense that lesson out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like thank you like, to that friend.
1: Love it. Yeah. Us. Thank you to that person, that teacher I hated. Yeah. <laughs> and now I will yeah. always I will always <laughs> try to kind of like see the silver lining.
0: Yeah. Me. Yeah. Do you find, so you were saying that like taking care of others and being very sort of like A-type is similar to your improv style and you in real life. Yeah, like
1: you'll never see me bulldoze a scene.
0: (laughs) Right, and I'm curious because you also said in improv that you, like, it wasn't comfortable for you to trust other people to catch you or like to rely on other people. Is that also translating into personal life? Yes. Yeah, really?
1: that's the reason why <laughs> this is funny. That's the re. it's probably because of like my background, my upbringing, da, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. But that's the reason why most times if I ask somebody to do something, yeah, like 9.9 times out of 10, I already know also how to do it myself.
0: Oh, like already you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this.
1: Yes. So it's like, so I spent a lot of time just doing it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'll just do it myself. That's the person I am. And so like when you start leading, that's why you can't do that because you you don't have all the time. You don't have all the time in the world. And, and you start realizing like you have to let people, you know, do their job.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So the core of me, this is Mm -hmm. the funny part is I'm very hardworking. Mm -hmm. Like I do a lot of things, but the core of me is very lazy. I remember my driving instructor said, you're intelligent. And I was like, thanks. He's like, I can tell because you're lazy.
0: <laughs> what? What does that mean? Because he
1: was basically saying you calculate to try mm. to find the quickest way to get to like a point. Yeah. So if it's quicker for me to do it than to ask somebody else to do it, I just do it
0: myself. You just do it. Yes.
1: I just do it myself. It is sometimes faster for me to learn how to do something <laughs> and to do it.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does it yeah. ever leave you like – but what about things where – because it's so lovely to have other people do things for you, like especially when you don't ask. They're like, hey, I did this for you or I I thought of you. Yeah, like I'm actually only like
1: it, – it's hard. It's yeah. it's really hard, especially for the type of person I am mm-hmm. and the type of life I've lived in the sense that like I've always done things and done the scope of it. Mm. And – um. And I also have like a type of urgency that a lot of people don't. Mm. I think the, the timing thing, the like, this can be done in a shorter time. <laughs> that's the, that's the part that's most like aggravating for yeah. me. Yeah, But I've, I've had to step back and be like, that's actually rude. Mm. right? I've had to really realize that like, just because it takes me half the amount of time to do something doesn't mean that that person is not valuable or just as smart or like how fast or slow somebody does something doesn't actually speak to their value. And mm-hmm. I would say that I grew up, especially like the type of family I came from, I grew mm-hmm. up as a woman trying to like, not trying, but being trained to be the most efficient
2: mm. woman
1: possible. Mm. If you don't need people to do it you do it yourself that's kind of how I was brought up Mm -hmm. and so I was brought up in a matriarchal family and so yeah like you should hear my grandmother man like (laughs) she asked you to go downstairs this you know when you're growing up she's like Corrine go downstairs that's my name Corrine she goes go downstairs and take a Campbell soup you're like okay even if it's just two seconds she's like
0: now. (laughs) She's like, why aren't you back yet? I don't understand. Why did it take you so long? She's like,
1: what are you doing? And (laughs) and you're thinking, I just want to watch this last little segment of it. She doesn't give a shit. She's (laughs) like, go get it now. I asked for (laughs) it. I need it now. And so I kind of became like that. And now I'm the type of person who's like, hey, and and also, she comes from a different era, so she mm. can talk to people a certain way. Mm. can't really – you can't talk to
0: people like that now. Yeah. yeah. You can't yell now at everyone at Bad Dog. Like, you can't no, – yeah. Yeah.
1: No. <laughs> no. So,
0: so, I've really had to, like, learn
1: how to – just through the years of, mm-hmm. like, working, working with other people and stuff. Yeah. I've, I've really had to learn, like – I always say Julie is so much nicer than me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just very, like – straightforward cut to Mm -hmm. the chase you know Mm -hmm. julia's so kind and it's not that i'm not nice but she's just so kind that and she's so uh empathetic
2: Mm. that she
1: even thinks of your feelings as she's forming her words
2: Mm.
0: (laughs) whereas i'm just like
1: (laughs) this is what i have to say i don't give a shit
0: think oh and I should say so Julie is the former artistic and managing director of Bad Dog Theatre which now Coco holds that title yes wish um, I am. yeah and uh, I actually really appreciate when I'm interacting with people who like you said, like just, they say it how they're thinking it and you don't have to guess. And I, I never felt that I had to guess with Julie, but. No,
1: she's still very efficient in totally. her wording, yeah. but just so much kinder in her delivery.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think like, I've had, I've had you give feedback a couple of times. Um, like if I was, if I was doing a show and I never felt that you gave feedback in a way that I didn't feel like res- totally respected or cared for I also love notes so maybe that right me. I love
1: well okay so the done. other thing is I, I've also taught for like 17 years mm, so, <laughs> so you got
0: those skills you so know. I got
1: those skills but I would yeah. say I got them later mm-hmm. because I taught kids that are from my culture mm-hmm. so they're also very used to straightforward what are you doing they're so used to that mm. and, but but people have like society has just changed so I've had to learn I've just mm-hmm. had to learn Mm -hmm. And it's just not professional to speak to people and, you know, like I've had to learn. I've learned a lot from Julie about Mm -hmm. like, I'm still not great at it, but I've learned a lot, but I always preface it with,
0: listen, Just a soft, slow, listen, here we listen. go, listen. Here we go, I'm just
2: going <laughs> to, say straight out, The sucks!
0: <laughs> do You're like, listen, and then you turn around a board and you've written, like, you suck. Okay, great, so we're going to move on. Like, Great, right? yeah. <laughs> great, thanks. Yeah, it's interesting to see, like, because I see the same, it's interesting to see, um, as an adult, you can identify, like, oh, these were the things that were rewarded and valued in my household as a kid, like efficiency or independence yeah. or um, like follow through, like being reliable. Someone asks you to do something, you do it like those things. And you carry that into adulthood and you're like, yeah, this is how I'm going to be a good person is doing these things. And then you realize, oh, it'll make me still a good person, but like, maybe it's not translating in the way that I want it to translate. No, no. And it makes you
1: very tired. Mm -hmm. So here's the funny thing is Mm -hmm. the first time I understood that that wasn't translating was actually Mm -hmm. in high school. Because when I went to high school, I was this person. I was efficient. I was very like, hey, like, actually, you know, there's a way that you can do this faster. Very, like, giving and generous with my, like, kind of, like, intellectual capacities. I was quickly stopped. Called a show off. Called a (laughs) know-it-all. I was called bougie, which I still claim. I will take the bougie title. (laughs) I I tried to stay away from it for a long time. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, like... So this is, this is what I would say my journey is like, I grew mm-hmm. up one way. And I think a lot of people, that's how they are, mm. or this is their journey. You grew up one way. Then you spend, I would say probably between 15 and maybe 32 mm. being like, I'm not like that. I can change. Mm. And then you get to like early thirties. You're like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> that's who I am. <laughs>
0: like, ah. <laughs> right. I'm like, ah. I am a know-it-all i don't give a shit look at all these books <laughs> like, do you okay do you wish that you could go back to 15 year old 16 year old any of those age self and be like just fucking be a know-it-all you're an yes. amazing awesome know-it-all just be- i wish i wish i could i i really
1: yeah. really wish i could go back to those and you know daphne and i often talk about this like about mm-hmm. the fact that like you know you're so pure at one point, meaning like you don't mean harm. Like how could someone who's like trying to show you a shorter path to a math equation mean any harm? Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so you think to yourself, <laughs> you're just so like you're just this pure person who's like. And I see it. I see it in kids. Or kids who are like, mm-hmm. let me help you. And then they they tell you this, right? There are kids who tell me what to do. They're mm-hmm. like, okay, um. Queen, do you know that? And then and then that's how they talk to you and you're like No at all. No. Like, shut the fuck up. I know more than you.
2: Yeah, no. Yeah.
1: so so you have you have like kids who are just so pure and the way that they are and so innocent, and they're just trying the best and they have kind of like very ingrained characters. And I feel like we as people, teenagers, adults based on all of our combined bullshit like kind of like kill that in people Mm. and that's one thing that I love specifically about improv is you kind of get to go back you kind of get to like if you really want to Mm. you can kind of take out the layers like for example the fact that I'm always like, what do you need over here? And what do you need like that as an improviser? I'm like, Mm -hmm. listen, I can kill that part and just be like, yeah, let let people take care of me too. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, yeah, I just feel like you, you're one person, then society tells you you're not, and you're struggling, you're 15, you're 18, you're 21, you're Mm -hmm. reading all these books, you know, in university or college, dealing with people who are older than you, who might be taken, like, it's just so layered, and then if you do the work, you can come back to the core of you, Mm -hmm. and that's what I think is, like, really cool about being a human being, is that you can, (laughs) you know, and be like, Oh, this is actually how I want to be. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm just going to be a no it oh. all. No,
0: thank you. <laughs> I just got goosebumps so, a little bit. Like it just takes you 30 years to be able to say no, thank you. <laughs>
1: yes. And that's why yeah. like, I, I, I do wish I could go back to that person. And like if, if there is one time I could redo, mm. but at the same time, no, because I like all the experiences that mm-hmm. I've had is I would actually redo my high school years. Oh, why? Yeah. I spent so many years just trying to be liked. And, and I know, and you think of me, you're like, Coco cares? Yeah,
0: I'm like, Coco doesn't give a did. shit. I kind of <laughs> did, but I
1: kind of didn't. Right. Yeah. Like it was like, it was like, I wasn't the popular kid, but I also wasn't like the non-popular kid. Like I was mm-hmm. known and stuff and I just didn't pay attention to actual school. I just did whatever the fuck I wanted. And I kind of took my intelligence for granted and you can do that. Right. And that's what happens when you're lazy is (laughs) you're like, oh, that math test, I don't have to study. And then you get like, you know, a 65, a 72. Like, I just remember very specifically when I was in grade nine, I got the same mark as one of my friends. Mm. same mark like we barely passed the class (laughs) and at that time and now it's academic and applied back then it was like advanced general and basic Mm, okay in grade nine you're all in the same pool and then you get sent into and the teacher put me in advance Mm. and put her in general and and i just like i didn't understand it i took it for granted Mm. i took my upbringing how hard my mom worked to like you know, kind of like fuel me with education and mm. kind of like family education. Like I took all of that for granted, I would say, well into until my third year of university.
0: Wow. And, and that you- was
1: when I was like, oh, I need to stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you see, it's it's not, and this is not to be like, oh, I'm so intelligent. That's not the point, mm. right? The point is just that I could have done so much more with myself had I just mm-hmm. applied myself. Mm-hmm. And Look at that. I made it till third year university not applying myself. That's what and, I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, and and the person that I feel actually most upset about it's not just me, but it's my mom because my mom worked mm. so hard for me to get there and I was just an ingrate.
2: Mm. And now I see
1: kids being ingrate and I get so upset. I'm like, can you just be grateful?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, "Do it for my mom, please." Yeah, I was like, "Just do it for my mom." Mom doesn't know you, but just do it yeah, for my mom. Yeah, but please. Have you ever had that conversation with your mom or would you ever say that to your mom? Like, Hey, I should have, I'm sorry for that. I should have done that.
1: I think that she, so this is what happened was Mm. I spent like a good, maybe five to seven years just being a bad kid. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then I was just like, and then what happened was I learned this really valuable lesson Mm. And that's the thing about me is I'm a people watcher. So I like being like, what's going on here? And I like spotting patterns. Uh, That was just my natural sense of self. That's why I ended up studying sociology and philosophy. And when I was in university, I took a year off to just work corporate. And I will forever be grateful for those five years because Mm -hmm. I have never worked corporate again.
0: And so, I was also like what, you probably picked up like observed so many patterns but that's
1: the thing I worked corporate the whole five years of my university career oh wow and after that I was like never again no no oh my but god but that's but that's but it was it was the year that I took off from university and I was like I'm just gonna fuck off and everybody was like but we actually really want you to go back to school because I was like the kid in the department and stuff hmm. and and so when I did that, I saw so much, and I was like, "This is not my future." Wow! Because it's like you see it, and it was that year that I learned my lesson.
2: Mm. And I you was saw like,
1: where you could end up, especially if you're I just saw like where I could I'm end not up. Try, yeah, yeah. I saw what it, but it, but it wasn't because those people weren't trying. Mm. So that's that's not what I'm trying to say. Mm. Because I saw. People work the hardest they could just to pay bills because they had Mm. kids you know what i mean like people who really valued their job and it wasn't because they liked what they were doing it's because they had kids Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and that they wanted to make sure their kid had a different kind of future from Mm -hmm. them most of these people were immigrant immigrant women Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: that really like opened my eyes and i was like oh i need to stop fucking around I need to stop taking um, what I have for granted and Mm -hmm. actually maximize it.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: like, you know, so that's why it's like understanding where people are coming from, Mm -hmm. why think like why people move the way they do and also understanding why some people just don't get it. As we say, is very like, it's very triggering for me in the sense that I'm like, people don't get it because people come from different backgrounds. And it Mm -hmm. was because of that year because I, I would see people get fr- like language barriers. And it's like, all they can see is, am I going to lose my job? Mm. Because I need to pay bills because I have a child.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And that's like, that's a very different. Um, like, I, I know a lot of people when you when you think corporate, you're like, Oh, fuck it, corporate, I don't want to <laughs> work for the
0: man. And I was like, yeah, but some people don't have a choice. 100%.
2: Right. Some people
0: also enjoy there. There is a freedom in that, also. Some people like that. And then they have the weekends. And yeah, some people are like doing it to put food on the table. And there is so much integrity in that.
1: There is, there's, that's the thing. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And I think there's, there's kind of this Western privilege where we take a lot of things for granted. Mm. And I was that kid. I really was. And I think, anyways, that year shifted my perspective. It's like Mm -hmm. something clicked. In my brain and I never went back to like that kind of behavior <laughs> <ever>
0: yeah <since. laughs> yeah it almost sounds like you saw like mothers working so hard for their kids and it almost sounds like m- maybe you were like you saw a bit of your mom like oh my I god did. you know I my saw mom
1: yeah I saw my
0: mom and
1: I saw like um the idea that like some freedoms or some things come so easy to some people because they've had access and privileges Mm -hmm. and some people have to fight so hard to get the smallest um, like piece of the same thing that you're like, when is, this is no big deal. Mm. Like, you understand what I'm saying? So then because of that, like, I, I'm just, I just never kind of like, it's the same thing with like stage, right? It's like, if you think of, people who are marginalized in any way or have any barriers access barriers how much they have to work like how much harder those people have to work just to reach the door of Mm. that dog Mm. just to go up the stairs some people can't even go up the stairs like you know what i mean and it's like we don't think about that we think oh we're on stage now we're all the same and it's like no some people worked harder to get here yeah they actually did (laughs) yeah and like and being on the stage or being in the class for some people is really them being like, what's being said? Did I miss this? Oh, did I miss that? Did what I just miss, is that going to take away from me being equal to somebody else when I'm on stage? So it's like, take that, apply it to like corporate, same thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Some
1: people it's like, you go to a board meeting or sorry, not a board meeting, but you go to a meeting in a boardroom and some people are like, did I catch everything? Am I going to lose my, like, you know, it's just, it's, like like privilege is kind of like it works in 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 ways that we don't think it does we all Mm -hmm. think it means one thing but it's like it could mean so much more Mm -hmm. and it's in the little nuances that people struggle and don't reveal Mm -hmm. and that was what I learned that year and I was just like okay so then I went back to school and I was just like a completely like I was like a student. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was gonna say like, what a transformative lesson to, to like, to live in. It wasn't even like you read a book and, 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 no. sunk it. you know what I mean? Like no. you lived, you learned that lesson by living through a year and, and, yeah. absor- and absorbing all of that, you
1: know? And, like- yeah. And I'm, and I'm forever grateful for those five years. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, would I want to change it? Uh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Cause it's
1: like, if I had, if I had just done everything by the book
2: Mm -hmm. when
1: I was younger, most likely I would have just not had um, a sense of adventure, which Mm -hmm. I do have. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I have that sense of adventure is because at that point in my life, I was like,
0: yeah,
2: we can study later. Okay. (laughs) Let's go
1: out.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that. I was so, I was too by the book growing up. I was terrified of like, ever getting in trouble, um, ever making anyone feel bad. And not that these translate at all to like, oh, if you if you have an adventure, you're gonna make people feel bad. Just in my head, I was like, I need to make sure everyone, my parents think I'm okay and they don't worry. And then I also need to just like, I don't know, do well in school. I just have to follow all the rules. And that is something where maybe in a couple of years, I'll be like, I'm just a person who follows rules. Like, fuck it, what am I gonna Yeah. Do? Like, yeah, you might be, you know, and then, and then you'll have, and then, but what do, and then you'll start expanding. Like what do rules look like? And
1: mm. that starts expanding. Cause like, yeah, cause I follow rules, but my mandate is I learn all the rules so I can break them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> See, i I, and that's how it should be. Oh my God. I also get so mad when people want to break rules and they haven't learned them yet. And I'm like,
1: yeah, no, I'll, I, I will follow yeah. the rules by the book and be like, what is that rule? <laughs> Explain yeah. it to me again don't worry. I'm going to break it in a year.
0: So I know where the problem is that I can fix because <laughs> yes. I can sense my spidey senses. know this is a fucked up rule. So explain it. Yeah. To
1: me. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I was just like, yeah, like, I'm just, I'm about to break all of these rules. Just yeah. give me a second. Just yeah. give me a second.
0: <laughs> just give me a moment. Um, I'm writing this down. Just hold on yeah. a second. Yeah. And this is
1: my character. This is yeah. just who I am. Like when I went to university, <laughs> every year what I did was I would study the <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm just like I forgot I forgot some of the stuff I did right. I and I do this I do this a lot is I, I when I went to university I the the book that I held on very dearly to was mm. the year that I went in the calendar
0: hmm wait why why that why the calendar so,
1: yeah so <clears> hmm <throat> the calendar of the year that you go in mm. is all the rules that only apply to your year. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Okay. So it's a rule book. You're like, all right. It's a
1: rule book. And yeah. I did the same thing in university. I mm-hmm. uh, sorry, in high school where I was like, so basically when I went into these like systems, I was like, okay, what are the requirements that I need to graduate? Mm. How can I take the least of us? See, it goes back to laziness. What yeah. are the least <laughs> amount of classes that I can take? Yeah but still meet the requirements. So like, so that yeah. I could maybe graduate early, not have to take calculus. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: yes. Yeah, but I so actually that was- I think that's a type of intelligence. I, 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 I totally think that's a type of intelligence, especially in our school system where, like I remember going through university and when I realized, oh, this, I'm not supposed to be here to learn. I'm supposed to be here to get A's so I can get into grad school if I want. Okay, and realizing like, Okay, so I guess I'll figure out how to get A's. Like that's what school felt like to me. It's like, all right, this teacher, he likes this. Oh, he really likes okay, he loves hearing himself talk. So it's not gonna be the textbook that's on the exam. It's gonna be what his stories, his stuff. But that's okay, actually
1: true. Because when yeah. I when I was a tutor, because <laughs> I talked to something. Te- what yeah. e- that's exactly what I said what oh. I said to all my kids. I was yeah. like, you have to figure out what your teacher likes mm-hmm. so that you can. Imulate that. Yeah. So that you can get the grade that you need so that you can go to high school. Yeah. So that you can go to university. Or go to university.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, like, because it's not like you're going to love reading Macbeth and Hamlet and King Lear. You're not going to. Mm -hmm. Right. What you need to do is figure out what do I need to know? It's so bad that I'm like this, but... No, it's still, not you, I also though. Do, I also do see value in education for education mm-hmm. itself, but I also am just like, like, you know, like, especially when you think about, like, you know, it can be very different, I think, for the immigrant experience. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, English is the one mark that everybody needs to get into university.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of kids will get so many, like, high marks mm-hmm. in science and math, And the English is always the one that lacks. So when they go to university, they're not going to read King Lear. Mm -hmm. They're not going to write like a 10, 12, like, you know, page paper on anything sociological, philosophical, nothing. So they just need the mark. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, they have to learn the mechanics so that they can get the mark that they need. Mm -hmm. And that was the best that I could do because I don't want them to go buy their mark because there are schools Mm. that will give you accreditation. Mm -hmm. So I'm not unethical, but I still want it. Like, yeah. So, so it's, it's a, it's a very interesting thing because for some of us English comes, well not me, but for a lot of people, English is like, yeah, what's the big deal. Just write your paper, just Mm -hmm. write it a week ahead instead of the night before. Mm -hmm. But for some people it's like a real language barrier. Like they can do science and math and get the best marks Mm. like nineties can't crack that 80 in English keep mm. getting 79 mm-hmm. right and it's because they they don't understand because science and math is black and white mm-hmm. it's very like you have the right answer you don't have the right answer if you use a word that the teacher's like Ugh, why are you using that word like English is just so subjective
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so they might not they might not understand that the teacher just wants them to remove this one thing
0: mm-hmm
1: Right. for them Well, and it can
0: be, it can be quite, um, emotionally loaded. I'm sure yeah. as well. Like I, I totally took it for granted. I found English very easy. It's my first language, the only language I speak fluently. And I found it very easy going through school. And I always felt shame. I'm half Portuguese. My dad is Portuguese. And I always felt shame that I didn't know how to speak Portuguese. And I asked him one day, and he told me when he, so he was born in Portugal and when he came I should clarify, he is born on the Azores islands off of Portugal. He would be very unhappy if I said he was born in mainland Portugal and I wasn't <laughs> specific.
1: So I'm going to be like, why there. are you spreading these <laughs> why, lies yeah, about me? And represent
0: <laughs> our family. Uh, but when he came, when he came here with his sisters and, and my grandparents, um, they didn't speak English. My grandparents didn't learn English and he was like verbally and physically bullied for not knowing English. And so when he told me when he had kids, he was like, I am going to make sure that they can read and write perfectly. Like, yeah. And they have
1: no accent. And they have
0: exactly. He was like, I wasn't thinking about teaching you Portuguese. I was thinking about teaching you English because that's what I want, you know? And yeah, because they want you to survive in this society. Yeah. Right.
1: And yeah. So it's, it's a very different, like, yeah, it can be a different experience, mm-hmm. I think, and a different mm-hmm. perspective when you try to see it from like the, because I'm an immigrant, so mm-hmm. you can see it from that perspective. It's mm-hmm. very, it's very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: God, Coco, Bad Dog and our whole community is so lucky to have you. I just feel Aww, I'm just so thank you. I'm so yeah. Um okay, actually that's a perfect segue. Let's talk about Bad Dog Theater. Okay. Okay. Let's so talk about bad dog. let's talk about Bad Dog. So, uh you have worked there in different capacities for like a while now, but in June, I want to say June of this year, it was announced that you, July. July. In July of this July 1st, year it was announced yeah. Oh, July 1st. That's an easy day. Yeah, it was like car. that week. Yeah, yeah, July 1st. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was announced officially and like publicly that you were going to hold the title of Artistic and Managing Director, Fat <laughs> Dog Theater. Woo, woo, woo. So exciting. <laughs> You're so much um, more excited than I am. <laughs> oh, I was so excited. I also like fucking love Julie, but I was just so yeah. excited. I was just like, oh my God. Like, I don't know if I should <laughs> do that kiss with my hands on the mic, but this is like perfect. Um... So okay, and and then I thought this is during COVID. It's like yes. you get you get the baton handed over to you, and you have to the the weight of this like beloved theater is essentially on your shoulders. Under all these like unprecedented situations are happening, or all these all these changes, and we're all stuck inside. What was that experience like of oh taking over the theater <laughs> when it's like it's almost like I don't know if I I was thinking like. This Coco like I didn't really sign up for this exactly like what well I'm- I always
1: joke I was like remember when I was just interim because I became interim March 1st and mm. I, Julie and I had a week overlap then Julie went to Second City and then by the end of the week that I was on my own mm. I shut down the theater <laughs>
0: Like, oh my god! You're like my first yeah. act as a official.
2: Yeah, officer, I'm yeah. Shutting my,
1: down. So
0: at that time, so
1: I I signed on to be interim while they searched for a permanent person, mm. and it was like it, you know it, it was supposed to be like everything's uh, you know goes as usual. I was only supposed to be like the steward, like you know what I mean. Oh. And and yeah, and then the first act was pulling back the measures, like being like, we're only going to sit 50 people. Da, da, da. Oh man. The emails that I got from the people who had shows, I was like, listen, it's not like you sold out, calm down. I, <laughs> like, you're
0: you're like, I have your numbers. Don't even try. Like, come on. Right. I, I know. was like, if
1: you, if you hit those numbers, I'll give you some of your money back. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like just, <laughs> yeah. I just felt like at the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. I, I was watching the situation in, Asia
2: mm.
1: and I had like most most of us have lived through SARS and H1N1 mm. and I've always watched Asia as kind of like because that's where you know it's starting and what watching what their measures were and Vance who's the education director he was also just watching it he was just like what's what's happening in Wuhan no, no. what's happening there no. so we were just watching oh. the numbers there as I traveled into Europe And so when when I started taking those measures, here people were like, what's the big deal? Right? Like, people were really, I think, in denial that this was going to be a global, huge issue.
2: Mm.
1: I was probably one of the first theaters. Sorry, not I. Bad Dog was Mm. one of the first theaters to shut her down completely. Mm. And I was just like, everybody out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a hard decision. Like I couldn't sleep for a week just mm-hmm. like, I, cause I was just like, I've never had to make a decision on behalf of so many people. Yeah. Cause it's not like as much as, you know, you, you become like the leader or whatever. My friend always says to lead is to serve. Mm-hmm. I'm not here. Like I'm, that dog doesn't is not my accolade. Like, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, I'm here to serve the community. And so my decisions are only to serve the community. And it becomes very terrifying when you feel like, fuck, am I making the right decision? Ugh. It's terrifying. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not, this not just a Coco and Daphne show. <laughs> are people going to come?
2: <laughs> yeah. Like it's someone yeah. sneezing.
1: Like, you know what I mean? This is like yeah. a community of people and you know and you want to and julie um who is the former artistic director of bad dog did such an amazing job and she's so beloved i was like oh god (laughs) damn like here i come with my straightforwardness (laughs) and my side eye and i have to shut down the theater
0: (laughs) your side eye shut it down right (laughs) i was like shut it down shut it down with her side eye, sipping, (laughs) sipping her red wine. Just me being
1: Viola Davis, taking my purse (laughs) and leaving. I was like, shut it down. Shut it down. It was just, it was just very terrifying. And Mm -hmm. I just remember being like, is this the best decision? Like, you know, and you're, but you're, but you, you have to just rely on your instincts because you're, and also it's like, you have to give yourself room to make mistakes, right? So Mm -hmm. you're watching the world like, as it's evolving, you're like, no, we got to do this. We got to do this now, right? Because you don't even want to, like, in a situation like COVID, you don't even want to, like, expose one coworker. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want a box office person to get hurt. I don't want a tech person to get hurt because I said, we're staying open.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you know what I mean? And so it wasn't a risk that I wanted to take. And so we shut her down. <laughs> shut and. Her down. And then, you know, I think most of us were like, oh, we'll be back in a couple of months. Totally. I, I knew we weren't. I knew we no. weren't. Spidey no. Spidey sense I knew again,
0: Coco. Well, I was just You're watching, psychic.
1: again, I yeah. was just watching Asia.
0: Yeah. And, and
1: again, so was Vance. And he was just like, uh, and, and, and it was like, I can't, I, I can't speak for anybody else. I mm. can only speak to like how me and Vance moved because, when we created the online platforms, so Mm. Vance started with the classes and then I followed with the shows, Mm -hmm. but we both took a month, a month and a half to just strategize. Mm -hmm. I took a bit longer because my product relied on other people's mental health. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Who the fuck wanted to do a show in April? Nobody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Nobody. Who who had things they wanted to say out loud or would feel better after saying them out loud. Right. And also who envisioned themselves
1: doing improv online. Online. Right. Yeah. So it was a really weird time where you kind of had to like, be like, I think we can do this. I think we can transform this. I think we can like, you know what I mean? And so It just became a matter of like strategizing like that. And it, this is going to sound bad, but it was kind of fucking exciting to be like. (laughs)
0: Yeah, a whole new way. Like, okay. To be like,
1: hey, you know what? They said it couldn't be done, Mm. but we're actually going to do something. We're going to do something intentional. And intentional was, is the key word because I was always like, and I always said this to everybody when I, when they signed on to do something, I was like, this is built to last. This is not just for COVID. Mm. This is something we're going to keep going cuz cuz the thing that, the one thing that I thought was so unfair and I realized it when I when I was like hearing the buzz of people being like we can go online, let's go mm. online. And I'm not talking about our crew or whatever. I'm just talking about like the greater comedy sphere. <laughs> I was like, I hate everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why?
1: I was like, I hate everybody because All these years, Mm -hmm. we told people who couldn't come to our theaters Mm -hmm. that it couldn't be done. We told people who couldn't go up the stairs, it couldn't be done. Because most of us have stairs, Mm -hmm. right? There's four improv, well, three improv spaces, but one Mm -hmm. of them is all of us have stairs. And I'm not speaking about the owners. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the fact that we collectively, as a community, said, oh, uh, improv just doesn't translate online. Yeah. And therefore, sorry you can't come up those 21 steps, but. Yeah. And so that really pissed me off. Yeah.
0: It's like now it, when you need it online, now it'll work. That's exactly now what it's, I said. Now I was it's like, possible. oh, now that the
1: rest of us need it, now yeah. that able bodied people are like, oh, we got to, we need to do something. It was so quick. Yeah, people were online like literally the next day. Oh, we're gonna do a show on Zoom. I was like, "Are you fucking serious? What the fuck is Zoom?" Yeah, <laughs> what
0: the fuck is Zoom, and are you serious? What? Is yes, it? Yeah, I a- was so like, I was
1: so mad, and I remember yeah. uh, when I had my one of my first conversations with Ophira, who's a disabled artist in our community. I was like, "I'm so mad, and I'm so sorry hmm. that this is how." Like, not that I answer for everybody, but I was just fucking pissed. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? And, yeah, so so we kind of built that. And it's just been really challenging because mm. it's just been one thing after another. Mm. The world is slowed down, and I don't get to slow down. Like, mm. the whole Bad Dog crew doesn't get to slow down. But the thing is that we, ch- I, you know, we try our best to, like, tend to each other. And we don't really work. You know, we try not to work with the same speed, try to be respectful and mindful of each other's mm-hmm. like mental health. Cause everybody's going through mental health right so now. So many. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like it's it's a global thing. Uh mm-hmm. some people will admit it, some people won't. That's the
0: difference. Oh my God. Thank you. Sorry. I literally spent an hour talking about that with my therapist today. I was like, wouldn't it be easier if we all just admitted but you can't because some people, happening?
1: it's so buried deep. Or, yeah, yeah, you're right. right yeah. You know what I mean? It's a whole process. You're like, I'm yeah. going to let you unpack that on your own. Yeah, um, to me,
0: I'm like, the house is on fire. Us not admitting that the house is on fire doesn't save any of our lives. So no, can it we doesn't. admit it and then, like, no one's going to get a bucket of water if we if, if we pretend that we're not burning. So, like, let's just admit it so we can yeah. go grab some but water. But it's hard. They can't, like, you yeah. know and 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 the thing that i
1: have like learned and i was saying this like earlier is like i've learned to respect that just because it takes me half the time mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's going to take somebody else mm-hmm. half the time and that it it has no like value in our dignity and yeah. i think that's one of the things i've really learned through and and i actually learned this through reading mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I
0: actually learned this through reading. Oh my God, let it's, me the it's book, like, Coco. I need the book. Uh, it's
1: like a lot of it, empathy has to do with human dignity,
2: yeah. right?
1: And so it's like just kind of understanding that people, no matter what their challenges are, deserve human dignity, period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of like respect, you know, and can we just start from that base? And people are yeah. like, no. <laughs> There's this, My what's his name? The guy who used to be on- <laughs> the guy who used to be on snl uh the black guy my i think his name is michael che i could be wrong
0: michael che is on he used he used to do the weekly weekend update, up? right? yeah, yeah 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 okay yeah michael che so yeah. he has
1: he has this whole joke about black lives matter mm. he's like we can't just matter like just matter like we can't that's all we want like we can't just say we matter <laughs> like and, and i was just like yeah basically When you're saying that we cannot say Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. you're you're basically saying that we cannot say Black lives deserve dignity because that's all we're trying to say, right? And it's like, that's why that joke is so funny to me because it's like,
0: we can't even just matter. (laughs) Like somehow that's political rebellion. Yes. Just saying we, yeah. Yeah. And if if we
1: want to like go there, it's like, do you know how much we've contributed to society? Mm -hmm. Like- We can't just matter. Anyways, uh, sorry. I'm I'm extending his joke, but he, you know,
0: you get it. I was talking to my therapist and I was saying to her, it's so frustrating that some people won't just acknowledge that COVID is happening and that they, you know, it's like, well, we just want some normalcy. And I'm like, okay, well, and you wanting normalcy and not wearing a mask, you're putting everyone at danger. Like just, just admit that it's happening. So it's not like to me, and this is, again, I'm, I'm now I'm only, you know, respecting my perspective right now. I'm like, it's it's so much easier and safer to just admit that it's happening and then we can deal with it. And in a moment, I just sat there and I hope I'm articulating this in a way that is like also communicating my respect and care for the issue is that I was like, fuck, if I'm annoyed at COVID, imagine how every marginalized person feels when people won't just admit that racism or systemic racism is happening. Like people won't even say that it's happening so nobody can deal with it. And here I am annoyed at COVID. Imagine how fucking bad that is.
1: Well, that is more like, so COVID has only been happening since March 15th. Yeah. Take that and extend that our whole
0: lives. (laughs) Like I couldn't. I
1: always use COVID. So like the other day I was actually talking to somebody about COVID. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that like, You just have to make decisions for yourself, right? And it just reminded me of when people were in denial about AIDS. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) And it's like, people, I'm laughing, but it's serious. People were in denial. People, There are people who refuse to use condoms, Mm -hmm. refuse to get tested because they're just like, it's not a thing that happens to me. Mm -hmm. That's the way they see it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very frustrating. It's very frustrating Mm -hmm. because then you become – a danger and a harm to other people without giving mm-hmm. them a choice yes. and right. And so when you do things like walk into a grocery store with no mask on, mm-hmm. you would not, not have a mask on your house. No problem. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? But it's like in situations where, you know, you're going to be around a lot of people and and the thing about it is, like, we don't even know. And this is, uh, this goes back to like the idea of acceleration.
2: Mm-hmm. There's a
1: lot of things that are happening. We don't know what the long term effects are,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? We don't truly know, like, what COVID can trends, like, I guess, mute into or whatever mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. into in five years, in ten years, in twenty years, like. In 50 years, we don't know. It's like our best guess We barely know what can happen to people in cell phones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And like computers and internet and all of that. We barely know that. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I think people forget that like uh, science is theory until proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it is, this is the fact. Like COVID kills, COVID harms. We actually don't know, like something else can, can happen
2: mm-hmm.
1: in 15 years. Maybe you grow another arm. Who knows? Yeah. we don't know if it affects people's wounds. Like we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And so the risk that people are taking is so wild to me.
0: Mm-hmm. I like, know. And I think too, what actually, and I should say you might hear cheering or fog horns outside because uh, every day at this time, my neighborhood cheers for uh, essential, essential workers changing workers. their shifts and they're still doing it, which is lovely, uh, but you might hear it outside. Um, yeah, and I think what really frustrates me about it, and I, I really, really appreciate your reminder of like, I also, just because it takes me a certain amount of time to get there and someone else longer, doesn't mean that the end result that either one is better than the other. Like it doesn't mean yeah. that the val, you know, I need to remember that. I think what I get frustrated is like, these people aren't necessarily, they're gambling with their own health, but they're gambling with other people's without their permission. Yeah. And that's yeah. where I'm like, you don't have the right to do that. If you want to get yourself sick, go, that's, I hope you don't, but that's your choice completely. Yeah. But you are putting other people at risk. and Yeah,
1: without their permission. Without and their I think permission. That's the, that's the part that it's just like, these are rules that have been, that have been laid out by mm-hmm. our society mm-hmm. so that we could like, kind of like, all kind of live freely kind of thing mm-hmm. and so some people are like oh it's my freedom not to wear a mask and I was like okay but you could be taking away somebody else's freedom <laughs> I'm just yeah saying.
0: like it's a little hypocritical because you're saying, yeah. you know
1: yeah yeah but it goes back to like people I think a lot of people don't see past themselves
0: yeah
1: and and so this is actually a thing that I've really discovered and it's like you know to lead is to serve and you are serving a community of people and there are a lot of people in the community who a lot of times don't see pastoral needs and mm. you have to understand that
2: mm.
0: and still you know and I I'm, mean I'm, I'm thinking and folks, still be of service and still yes. serve them yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah yeah what a what a what an amazing lesson in like I don't know I'm thinking like an ego checking and in like
2: well, <laughs> humility it's
0: like you just know? have to you just have to understand that like I, I don't know how,
1: how to say it but it's like that's not like that's kind of neither here nor there it's not Mm -hmm. about like you just have to understand that like people are innately about their Mm self-interest and while we can be like that's not okay and we can go on and on and on but it's like that's not gonna change Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean I think it would be we could be of better service if we like try to kind of be like okay I understand that you're like this let's look at this, this way. Mm. In that way, I am very much like Julie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think that's, I think that was really beautifully said. I mean, and, and to like, uh, when you were like, and we still have to serve them. I'm like, oh my God, Coco just needs to be the mayor and then we'll make her the, princess, the <laughs> and then that's what you dream of from a leader. You really do. You dream of somebody who even the dipshit in the corner, who's being an asshole. You're like, he still deserves us to think of him and serve him.
1: But that's the thing, right? I'm not here to just serve the best. Yes. I'm here to serve the whole community, yes. top to bottom. Or actually, I shouldn't even say top to bottom. It's like uh, side to side.
0: Side to, yeah. It <laughs> doesn't matter yeah.
1: where you're standing in the room. Yeah. You're in the room. You're in the you're room. You're part of our community.
0: Yeah.
1: And y- like, I am of service to you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Oh, God. It's just that it it, it is- you.
1: It is um, worded differently coming from me. And it might follow a side
0: <laughs> right, eye. Right, right, right. You might get a side eye, but I'll serve you. I will serve you, but and I'll serve, serve you a side eye. Yeah, yeah I'll serve you. Yes, it. that's yeah, what it yeah. is. That's what it is. <laughs> um, well, another huge change during this time, and I believe it was like, it was, or not I believe, I know because of this whole Thursday's three days, um, it was officially announced that Bad Dog Theater's physical space is yes. going to shut down. and eventually we will new we will move to a new physical space what was it like making that decision
1: oh not fine like, yeah, <laughs> I still am like do I need to oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. because I hate moving
0: yeah. so <laughs> just logistically also,
1: yeah also. but imagine not have not moving your own spaces I'm not packing my books I'm packing yeah. like, like the theater yeah um yeah I it, it was a very difficult decision to make, but it was very necessary. And I think, you know, of course, it's not just me who makes the decisions, mm-hmm. like me and the board and stuff like that. And it was one, of it was one where a lot of it had to do with, again, the community that we serve, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it, when, when stage three was being like talked about and stuff, we really had to think about what our space looks like, mm. Bad Dog is known, like, Bad Dog at 875 Bloor Street is known specifically for its intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's known for that tight-ass hallway, (laughs) for the urinal where you touch somebody else's butt while you're standing at the (laughs) urinal. It's known for that. It's known for that, like, you know, like, that kind of, like, oh, I, I can smell that guy's gum. Like, it's known for that. Um. And so we could not um, serve our community through COVID, mm-hmm. through stage three. We don't have the necessary, like, we just can't adhere to the social distancing distancing requirements. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm gonna say. That's what it says on the statement. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't we can't follow we can't follow the rules. Like yeah. you know what I mean that are required to not harm or potentially harm anybody. It Mm -hmm. just wasn't a risk that we felt, I felt was worth taking. Mm -hmm. And like I said, like, you know, the decision when we shut down, it's like, I don't want to like put anybody at risk Mm
2: -hmm. for an improv show. Mm
1: -hmm. Like I understand that we are a business. We can thrive in another way, which is again, why we're online via classes, via shows, the whole society, like, if you drive down Queen Street there are so many for these signs.
2: Mm. It's
1: not just us mm-hmm. The only thing is that like you know yeah making that decision was really difficult but I also knew ultimately it was, it was again about serving the community
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and it's like it, it's so hard because I love
2: mm-hmm.
1: I hate those stairs. <laughs> I hate those stairs, oh. and I discovered how much I hate those stairs the night I broke my foot, which you were there.
0: <gasps> yeah, that Coco was the broke night her foot. She didn't know in the moment she broke her foot, but knew she injured it for sure it, w- while doing a show with Daphne. And then, yes. and then you, you, and then they kept going. And first of all, did an amazing set, which I was like, <laughs> "What?" And then found out later she broke her. I can't even talk. She broke her foot.
1: Yeah. I broke my whatever meta whatever meta whatever uh, meta whatever getting on stage <laughs> not like
0: yeah I, so, yeah hadn't even yeah, started
1: yeah and my foot was swelling while the scene was going and I could I couldn't make it down the stairs and I was like. I hate these fucking
0: <laughs> <laughs> That'll be one good thing about a new physical, a different, like a, a, the next physical space.
1: Yeah. So that was, that was the, that was the overall, like there mm-hmm. were different steps into like the, the the decision. And the first and foremost was the fact that we couldn't follow the social distancing rules mm-hmm. our space is way too intimate that mm-hmm. was the charm of it mm-hmm. and the ventilis- the ventilation system required for in order for everybody to be safe is just not built into our space
2: mm-hmm.
1: and this is not like anybody's fault that's the space that we had mm-hmm. and we loved that space mm-hmm. that space was ours it was our home for 6 years and then uh and then the second thing was
0: like well well, we're at it, yeah, yeah, it's like, ooh, good opportunity. Let's also <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah, it was like, why don't we just wait
1: and and then, like, wait and then and then we'll get a space that is accessible. Mm-hmm. So and we don't know what that looks like and mm-hmm. we don't know when that is. Um, but that was yeah, that was the decision. But mm-hmm. I don't think anybody is surprised because. Mm-hmm. Of everything that's happening, mm-hmm. nobody messaged me urgently and was like, "I need to get in. I need to get and see a bad <laughs> dog show right now." Yeah, uh, I think everybody understands, and mm-hmm. and it's like every time I release, <laughs> I've written so many statements <laughs> uh, through this last six months, and it was actually the funny thing is it was the thing I dreaded the most,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: specifically because I, I knew. What I was, uh, whose footsteps I was following, like. Mm. Julie is such an amazing, prolific writer. I'm just
0: like, I don't have 10 words. Can I just use one? <laughs>
2: like, I think you right? wrote
0: your statements beautifully. I've read your statements throughout these past months. They're great. I get help. I get
2: help. I think the, well, the
1: only one that I wrote myself mm-hmm. were the Black Lives Matter ones. That was Those also beautifully written. I was like, well, y'all can't help me. I got to write that
2: myself.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, like it's just um, – mm-hmm that was the one thing I dreaded was writing statements. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, so now I gotta, I gotta do this. I do get help. That's the part that's, that's been very like, you know, working at Bad Dog, I've really had to learn that like I have to let people help me mm. and I have to like, when someone says, Hey, move that from your plate to mine. I have to be like, oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like,
0: Hold on. and And now, and now oh. I'm
1: like, you know, like, like, I will just say this. I don't know what the fuck I would do without mm. Cecilia. Mm. <laughs> like, I like I, re- I genuinely don't know. Cause I, I took on the job a week later. Cecilia was like, let me help you. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> what is that? What does that help? What, what does that mean? What does
0: that mean? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What does that look like? And she showed me and I was like, oh, so oh. It, it's like, we have a really, you know, I have a really great I hope, like from my perspective, I have a really great working relationship with everybody at Mm -hmm. Bad Dog. Um, I was a bit more mysterious, I would say before, meaning Mm -hmm. like, you know, I was uh, associate artistic director and before that apprentice uh, artistic director. So there were a lot of things I just didn't say. I would only like, you know, be like, hey, Julie, I think we should do this. Because I was just shy. Ah. I was just like, Julie, I think we should do this. And And
0: now you'll be like, Julie, I think, oh, I guess exactly
1: what happened yeah the first week when I was like Julie what do you think of oh oh no one's there oh,
0: okay great oh,
1: uh, I have to make oh I uh, gotta make that decision that was exactly what I went through mm-hmm. when I had to shut down a the theater I just remember being like Julie oh no Julie' Julie's." This uh, Julie's oh. yeah yeah wow. so uh, so you know it's just it's been it's been a journey yeah is what I'm gonna say it's been an adventure it's been mm-hmm. a journey it's uh I love our community like today we you know we, we of course took care of our friends first and told our friends and family mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. and today we officially announced that we're leaving the space and it's just been like a flood of mm. love and outpour of support and, and I think people understand that like what does it mean that we're leaving the physical location? It just means we're leaving this school and we're going, we're building a new one. Right. Like it doesn't, you know, and, and this is our second location Mm -hmm. beyond the Danforth now. So we don't know, we don't know what it'll look like, you know, in the future. And I think it's kind of exciting. I am so,
0: yeah, I'm so, I think it's like people have so much nostalgia and sentiment towards the current place, but I immediately was like, It sort of seems like the perfect time, too, because when else do you have so much time to look for a place because you don't necessarily need the physical space yet? And, And you guys have done such an incredible job of, like, implementing and maintaining a presence online, both with shows and classes, that it's not as much of a huge shift right now for the community to be like, wait, what do you mean? We don't have the physical space. Well, we weren't using it right now anyway. So I, I can't, yeah. I can't wait. I'm like so excited. And, I can't
1: wait. Yeah, and mostly yeah. because I love interior design. Wow, yeah, like- <laughs> I
2: love it. And listen, I know <laughs> so I-, I was like, Ooh, do I get to decorate <laughs> a new space? Yes,
0: you do. You do. And I was serious. Yeah. I know I, um, I messaged you today and I was like, she's going to get so many messages, but I was totally serious about offering a hand in, packing or oh, moving. Yeah.
1: Thank or you so much. Like, so, I will gladly take all the help yeah, that yeah. anybody's willing to give us. I was, um, yeah, I
0: was serious Yeah, on that. I
1: just need to, like, it, it's it's just been so, like, overwhelming, like, the support and love and kindness. And mm-hmm. And my perspective is that, like, I want to give the community a chance to say their piece. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. actually written anything because I'm just yeah. like, I want everybody to, like, you know, really, like, go through. And we're actually going to try to do some kind of pre-recorded show to air on YouTube mm. um, one last time, and it, it won't be like a groups of ten. It'll be yeah. like whoever's isolated together can go. So there'll be a lot of couples. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> we're gonna a really lot know of couples. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: so so that people can pass through their stage one last time, like through mm. the stage, and really say goodbye. Mm. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna try to do that. Um I love yeah.
0: that. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to so watch. It'll be
1: it'll Aww. be uh well you can also come. You can also okay. come and, and get on the stage too. one last time. Even if it's just to be like, I love the stage. I, I love, love the stage.
0: Time. Oh my god, I'm such a crier. Yeah. I will for sure cry on the stage, but I would love that. I'll come mask on, t- like Kleenex ready for my tears. I would love right? to. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so
1: we're just, yeah, we're just, you know, we're yeah, of course, like we're very sad, but mm-hmm. yeah, at the same time, it's not like we're I don't know. It's it's what you said, the whole world mm-hmm. right now is kind of like quiet. So
0: mm-hmm. and the people yeah. aren't going anywhere. We're just changing we're just no. upgrading the space. That's all we're doing. Yeah, we're just
1: yeah, like we hope that in, in the long term, yeah, it's going to be an upgrade. For yeah. sure. Yeah it's going to be an upgrade. Yeah. Doesn't it mean it's gonna be bigger, not necessarily. We might get a fifty be- seater. Yeah. But it'll be more spacious.
0: Yeah. And it'll serve it'll more be, people in the community. It'll serve more
1: people in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got to make sure we have some fucking windows.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, it won't be bad dog if we have windows. <laughs> right?
1: But the thing is, like, what are some things that we have to learn through this pandemic? Yeah. It's not just, like, from a business perspective.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not
1: just, like, oh, it's, like, ventilation, intimacy, like, Help. things that we were, like, that's charming. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, to wrap up, Coco, I was hoping to ask you some, like, fun, quick, silly questions to get to know you a little better. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Okay. I mean, I told
1: you about my high school years. I feel like I that know. was so intimate. Hey, I,
0: I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, like, so loved sitting down and chatting with you. I have to tell you. Already in my head, it was like... <gasps> Oh my God, whenever she's bored one day, I'm going to ask her to Zoom call with me again and have more while. Yeah, why not? Um, okay, great. I was looking up at the sky so that I didn't make eye contact. So you didn't have to acknowledge yes or no. I don't know if you noticed that. But <laughs> I But I notice. realized it while I was doing it. Don't look her in the eye. She'll feel pressured. Um, <laughs> I'll just let her side eye while I stare at her. Okay. Um, okay, so first question. What is your, what's like a guilty pleasure TV show for you?
1: So first of all, I, I don't feel guilty. So I'm just gonna be <laughs> oh my really God,
0: I have never heard a more like coco answer of me saying what's a guilty pleasure and you being like, first of all, I don't feel guilty. Here's a TV show.
1: Yeah, I don't feel guilty. I, I'm i very open about the shows that I watch. I watch I okay, so this is one thing that I always say. I love uh growing up, I watched a lot of like uh black shows and Asian shows. That's my mm-hmm. background. I only watch white shows if people were rich. <laughs> So I watched like Dynasty, Melrose Place, 90210, later on Gossip Girl, Uh, like you won't, and and later on Frasier, like I won't. (laughs)
0: <laughs> went from Gossip Girl to Frasier and like I totally get that they're all rich but I'm like oh yeah. that was like a I was kid. like
1: if you're not a rich white person I don't want to watch it I'm not <laughs> just,
0: interested I'm
1: not interested yeah, I'm, I love like, it I'm so I'm mean fucking, I'm just like That's not mean. I'm not interested in your mental hardships I just <laughs> need to see you live in excess no <laughs> um, I
0: fucking love that I love that oh
1: my god yeah um so I don't really have any guilty pleasures. Uh, I would say that, like, and I'm known. I like I I watch the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. I but but here's the difference between me and somebody is like, I I'll watch the Kardashians. I understand why I watch it. Mm. I why I like it. Like I like watching the Kardashians specifically because I like watching their family. Just mm. the idea of like we're a family like and we are a unit in how we make money i find that so fucking fascinating
0: it's like it's like a sociology psychology experiment that's it. i always yeah.
1: move like that i watch yeah. selling sunset me too uh, all yeah three i seasons. watch a million dollar beach house uh yes um, yeah totally yeah, that's, okay that's, i love
2: yeah.
0: that i was yeah. asking that question secretly wondering whether we had any reality shows in common so that's so wonderful. yeah but those are
1: the like only that. ones i watch like i won't watch real housewives
0: Okay, see, and I don't watch Kardashians, but wash. I don't wash them and I don't watch them. Uh, (laughs) But I do watch Real Housewives. But I do love uh, Selling Sunset. Yep, absolutely. And Million Dollar Beach House. There's also Million Dollar Listing in different cities. And that's fun, too.
1: Yeah, so that's on Hey You. I haven't watched it yet. Because so, but... Looking to
0: maybe watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like New York and LA the most as the. As okay. The, if you're looking, I okay. like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. And how do you feel about blind dates?
1: Like, if I don't know the person, isn't that what just Tinder is? <laughs>
0: I guess it is. Can you tell? I've been in a relationship for 30 years and I don't know <laughs> like, why.
1: I feel like, so old. I'm like, like if I was like, what, Tinder or, it or might Bumble be. or No, James I feel or, old.
0: It might be. If I was like, Coco, I know a person. I feel like you two would really hit it off. You have to show up to this place and have a date with this person and you know nothing about them. They don't know what oh, you like. Oh, I love like. meeting
1: people. Okay. Like I, th- I love meeting people. And I think that's part of like improv kind of freed me from like, uh,
0: I'm like, oh yeah, I'll meet anybody. Cool. I love it. Love it. I can't wait yeah. to set you up on a and, and I am not
1: afraid to walk away if I'm just like, <laughs> you're a fucking creep and I'll yeah. leave.
0: <laughs> you just side eye and there's there's the gif again yeah. and you're just like, yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Um, just- <laughs> bye. <laughs> what's something that you would love to know how to do or something you'd love to be better at? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um you know what?
0: Actually, mm. I wish I knew how to do stock trading. Oh, my partner just learned like we like just took a course on it earlier this year. And yeah, now, like, I wish I knew it.
1: and understood. I just don't have like the patience to learn it, learn it. Yeah. But I wish I knew how to do it. Oh, yeah.
0: if you ever have any questions, please let me know. My partner, oh, who was at the show where you broke your foot? Yes. Who yes. was watching my
1: foot I and being watching, like
0: the whole time? I think it's
1: broken. Yeah,
0: Because yeah. he's a physiotherapist. And I remember he turned to me and he's like, I'm really worried about her. Like I think it's I think it's really injured. And like afterwards was yeah. like, we need to ask her. Yeah. Um, oh, I love that. Well, hey, hit me up with any questions. Yeah. And yeah. I will connect you guys. Um, yeah. okay, what's something that you love that other people think is gross? I don't know. <laughs> Or that other, or something that you, maybe something that you love that other people are embarrassed about loving.
1: I don't know. Cause (laughs) I don't care what other people (laughs)
2: think about what I like.
0: I'm I'm learning so much about like, I'm, I'm like, take note. Okay, great. No, we don't. Yeah, I I actually really don't know what do I
1: do or whatever that people think it's gross. I mean, I guess I snore. I don't know.
0: Or like, I love so I love watching videos of people getting out blackheads or ingrown hairs and I've realized other people think that is so disgusting. Like my partner will be like, ew, don't show that to me, but I love watching it and I'm not really ashamed of it. I love it, but other people think like, that's disgusting.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> All the things I love, people love.
1: <laughs> no, that's not what it is. It's just like, I don't think I stuck around to find out if somebody thinks it's gross.
0: Uh, oh my God. That's actually interesting. Here I was like, yeah. every, is everyone okay with this interest that I have? Are we taking a survey? Okay, great. No, Yeah. Worries.
1: I was just yeah. like, oh yeah. Like, I don't care if you think that's gross. <laughs>
0: but for you. Uh, okay. And last question is, when was the last time that you felt really proud of yourself? I think,
1: um... When we did our cities on our stages mm. uh, about a month ago, mm-hmm. I was actually just so proud of the end product. Mm. And I felt like um, watching because we did a panel with the showrunners. Mm. And I remember being like, oh i don't I don't know if this this because because the purpose of the panel was to talk about, how it felt transitioning online Mm. and I just remember being so proud of the true diversity that existed from the Mm. shows Mm. like just being like I truly felt like I had accomplished what we've all been like oh it could be diverse it could be diverse I felt like I had to an extent accomplished it with real intention and care and I know that I can continue to do better like it's not like oh I'm gonna stop there yeah, yeah like you know what I mean like for example if it's up to me I hope we get to the point where all shows are live captioned like you know what I mean mm-hmm. um we don't have the funds to do that because one of the things that I learned through our cities through working with Ophira specifically is how expensive accessibility is and it makes me so angry because so, I'm like yeah yeah cause I'm like you realize that someone can't can literally not access the show because of this one barrier and mm-hmm. they make it so expensive
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so, and I get it because um, it's kind of like considered rare skills, like you know what I mean mm-hmm. um so but at the same time, I'm just like, like and it's always the people. That care the most to have the least money to, to do make the what
2: change.
1: They, to make the change yeah. necessary for the people that they care about. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like a really weird and hard thing to kind of like. But again, I I felt really proud of our cities on stages, mm-hmm. like, um, not just the um, conference. Mm-hmm. Because the reason why I felt proud is because. <laughs> We were going to do it in person, then COVID mm. happened. So yeah. then I was like, okay, Alia, we're not going to do it. Okay. Then I got invited to a sex conference online. And I was like, so I messaged Alia. I was like, I think we can do this online. I think we could maybe do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was, uh, and I think they were also very happy. So it's mm-hmm. like, it was, it was not just for me. Like I was very proud of it, but I was also Proud that they were happy. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah. I was proud that Ophira was proud. I was proud that Alia was proud of oh, the product. Yeah. I was proud that the showrunners were proud of their shows, mm-hmm. and that they all showed up. Yeah, they all showed it, it up was, to to, to, talk to talk about their shows. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it was yeah. wonderful, and I actually like. I'm so appreciative that it was online because I I had to work at certain times during the weekend and like just during COVID we, I can't get like, we're not allowed to give away shifts and whatever, but it allowed me to be able to like log on in between any of my shifts or any time. Like I, it's like instead of an all or nothing. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I couldn't like comment and stuff in real, in real time, a lot of it, but I got, I didn't have to miss out on things because I couldn't physically be there. That's right. I actually loved that it was on. Yeah. It was so, it was like,
1: I was very proud of that, of that whole thing. It was like, I was really proud of it. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that. Oh, well, Coco, thank you. First of all, thank you for introducing me to Apothic Red.
1: Oh my God. Isn't it so good?
0: It's so good. I'm going to continue drinking it in this evening. And I, this is actually the first time too. I bought this, you can't even see the wine in it. I just realized I bought new wine glasses because I don't have ones with stems. Oh, okay. This is the first time I was I have some with stems, but I
1: chose to use the Apothic, Yeah.
0: No, that was perfect. If I had a yeah. branded one, I would totally use yeah. that now. Totally, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking your time to chat with me today. It was so cool. Thanks to for get having to me. Know you better, of course. And uh, again, like um, I mean, I'm just gonna say on behalf of the entire community, like thanks for all of the all of the intention and effort and care and thoughtfulness you bring to, like you said, serving everybody in this community like I think we all reap those benefits and we and I hope you get so many thanks all the time for it (laughs) in case you didn't get enough today I just want to say another thank you because you're such a wonderful amazing leader like to have at the forefront of this so thank you feel very taken care of Oh, so, thank yeah. you
1: so much yeah, for you. all of that. That was very, very kind and generous.
0: Oh. And uh, I'll be ready with my moving gloves whenever you need me. My, yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, come to think of it, we don't actually have a lot of stuff to move. But
0: <laughs> I was thinking of like the the green room and I'm like, oh God, that's going oh, yeah. that to be a while to move. Room is, that
1: green room yeah. is not going to be fun. Yeah.
0: And yeah. maybe all like all the alcohol. I'm like, that's heavy.
1: Oh, we're going to, we're going to sell off the alcohol.
0: Oh, fabulous. Oh yeah, my Yeah, We're going to sell okay, it off from great. takeout.
1: So come buy alcohol. Okay.
0: Fabulous. With a bag of chips.
1: With a
2: bag of chips. With a bag <laughs> of chips.
0: Always. I love it. I don't have any chips right now. And also for the podcast, I need alcohol. So I'll just come yeah. there instead of, instead of going to the liquor store. Yeah. Come buy, come buy uh, our drinks. Okay. Yeah. I would love that. Everybody go buy drinks at Bad Dog. Well, yeah. wait, look online and you'll find information how to buy on takeout. Yeah. 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 With yeah. our chips. Yeah. With it, well, please buy a bag of chips. You need to buy a bag of yeah. chips. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage podcast. If you liked what you heard, please help me out by leaving a rating or a comment on your Apple podcast app or on YouTube or wherever you might be listening from. And if you're like me and you have an awful memory, or you just don't want to have to remember when the next episode comes out, hit that subscribe button and the newest episode will automatically download for you. Just like magic. I love it. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Liquid Courage Podcast and on Twitter at Liquid C Podcast. And if you're still listening, I want to remind you that a pandemic is still taking place. And I don't say that to be a buzzkill or to scare you but to ask you to please, please continue or start wearing your mask when you're out of your house and around other people. We should be treating people how we want to be treated. And if you want to be safe and healthy, respect the health and safety of the people around you. Please. Thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Stay safe and take care.